What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode of the Live Free Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Mr. Joshua Kraus. Kraus! Sounded like the, uh, I sounded like the fish from Family Guy for a second. Kraus! But I can't roll my R's because of my jaw structure. Anyway, I, uh, I ended up meeting Joshua Kraus at his house in, uh, the North Park area of San Diego. We sat down and had a chat before um, he had to go teach the youth of America, or I guess the youth of San Diego. I don't know if he's teaching America or not. Uh, we talk talk radio, UFC 132, the Death Squad, teaching, suffering, life and death. We take a little battery break. My um, Tascam recorder, the battery ran out at about the 10-minute mark or something like that. So there's a little cut and then... I actually caught it really quickly, which was just pure dumb luck. So after the break, we talked Florida, the mission school, being a shredder, guarding the secrets, the Zoran, training, primal diet, the sun, the present moment, Cezio, and modernism. So as always, make sure you go check out the website, MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the blog and you'll get all the links and all the information about each artist. You can... Uh, Donate to the podcast over there. Right now, um, the Live Free Sumer shirts are available. And there's um, a few shirts left of the Kingsbread shirts. Um, I still have a lot of the girl shirts uh, in medium. Uh, so girls, get in there, donate some money to the podcast, and I will send you a t-shirt. Um, I don't have any girls' sizes in the Sumer shirt. But if somehow there becomes a demand for it, I'll go ahead and make those. Of course, the show is sponsored by Individual Clothing. Check out their website at indvsl.com. If you donate $10 to the podcast, we'll send you a shirt from Individual Clothing. Donate $20, we'll, uh, we'll send you a Live Free shirt and probably throw in an individual shirt for you as well. So, and I always get all sorts of um, generous whenever people donate to the show. So I like to throw in little goodies, like maybe I'll throw in a zine or a, a greeting card or a notepad or something. So go do that if you can. You can find all those links to PayPal on the blog as well as everything else. So um, for people who've been asking about the documentary film, we ended up, of course, uh, I think I talked about this before, we tried to release the film on... Uh, the day we had the major blackouts here in uh, Southern California. So we ended up releasing the film, did the premiere the following Tuesday, which uh, I want to thank everyone for coming out. It was amazing that that the show was still sold out. I wasn't sure if it was going to be able to be done since it was such a quick turnaround. You know, a lot of people made time out of their, out of their week to come out for the show and weren't able to make it. For those people who weren't able to make the Tuesday show, I apologize. So it's being submitted to all the film festivals for possible showing. So there's these weird rules about uh, film festivals. If you you have to, sh it has to be the first time the film is shown in the city. So it's being set up to do all of those things. And as soon as all of that stuff is done over the following over the upcoming year, um, we'll be releasing the DVD. I keep saying we as if I'm I'm like attached to it, but uh, the Bread Truck Films. Uh, we'll be releasing the film as soon as it's uh, gone through all the film festival circuit. For all information on that, go check out breadtruckfilms.com and you'll be able to get all the info there. 
So, with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Mr. Joshua Krause. I don't down. think there's anything too inflammatory I'll be saying today. Yeah, maybe, hope, maybe one. I hope you never know. You like you get through these things, and at the end you're like, "What the fuck did I say?" But you know what it is? It's funny you say that because like I'm obsessed with podcasts. Like it's, I have theories, like a lot of social theories, and one of my theories is like podcasting is like the most. Shut up, doggies! Sorry, I have two dogs in the background. They're squirrely. Yeah, um, awesome. But uh, I, I really think that is the, podcasting is like the way to communicate to people that I've been craving my whole life. Like, literally, because I grew up listening to, like, Stern and, like, Tom Snyder. I was, like, such a radio door kid. Yeah, like, sure. Like, coast to coast. Whatever the fuck it was. I just, like, Corolla everything. I just wanted to listen. And I hit this point where, like, I remember when, like, like Adam Corolla went off the air. And I had this, like, void in the, my mornings. Uh-huh. And right about then, I started getting into podcasts. And I think, like, I found, like, Corolla started doing his. Like, uh, Mark Maron started doing his. And, like, I noticed there was this level of, like, philosophy and comedy and, like, beauty that... You were really tapping into people's people in a very different way than radio or TV. And there's something so, I mean, gorgeous and intimate about, like, dude, we're sitting on my couch. I've known you for, like, how many years? Yeah, we've like, known each other a long time. Reconnecting. And right. it's kind of beautiful. That's I agree. It's, so. it's, it's been eye-opening to me. And I was the same way. Like, I was really into radio, like, especially Stern. Yeah, yeah. When, like, when it was on the E! Channel. Mm-hmm. When, totally. You know, totally. you could listen to it in the morning and then watch and some of the that. stuff at totally. night, you know? Totally. It was really interesting to me. <laughs> and I never really thought about that in turning to this. Um, but doing this was, a, like, a... Like, a, like almost... It, it, it saved me from some of my uh, problems of being a professional artist. Because like there's mean? so much time where we're spent we're spending alone, you know, working on things. There's yeah. a lot of isolation that comes yeah. with this, and a lot of what ends up happening because of that isolation, we internalize a lot of things. So we start thinking a lot in our heads. We we play a lot of like what Buddhists would call not being in the moment. You know what I mean? Like we spend a lot of time outside yeah. of the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's part of like the creative process. That sort of detachment. Well, but um, I think doing the podcast and these things has allowed me to reconnect with other people, hear other people's stories, and be a little more in touch, like what, like what yeah. you're saying. And, and so, hey, wait, wait, yeah, let's yeah. start. Since we did, we jumped in really fast. How Thank you for joining me, Mr. <laughs> Joshua Krause. Absolutely, man. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, I honestly, like, to be a geek, like, when, you know, we bumped into each other, I don't want to ruin your hosting, but we bumped into each other actually at a, a UFC event in, yeah. uh, in Vegas over the summer. Speaking of podcasters. Speaking of podcasters right so you were with that whole crew of people yeah the death squad was yeah. down at the uh at ufc 132 and yeah randomly saw you absolutely yeah and did you go to the the roving comedy show the night before we wanted to we got in basically the reason i was there my uh my girl, my girlfriend, geez, my sister, excuse me, no, horrible. Uh, my, uh, that yeah, yeah, no, it's, I don't care. It's okay. <laughs> we have a, a close family, not that close, though. But uh, no, my uh, my sister and my uh, future brother in law uh, wanted to do something. He had proposed to her, and we wanted to all get away and do something. So we rented a van. My brother and his girl flew out. Um, me and my girl went out, and we just we literally had friends who worked for promotions. So we got ten tickets, and then we had other homies that like worked at the casino. So we got like two or three suites. So all we did was rent a van and That's pay for amazing. buffets, dude. Yeah. And then when I saw you just strolling up, I was like, Mike! 
And yeah, it was just like, I was random. not expecting like to bump into anybody, you know? Because yeah. I, I think even like in my love of fighting, that it's um, a, I was kind of a closet fight fan for years, to be honest with you. Uh-huh. Um, I think I've been, you know, I don't mean this as a great way to who I really am now, but like, I think I was closet fans of a lot of things for a lot of years. And like, it's taken me getting a little older and removed from art a little bit and removed from people a little bit. But immersed Public in other eye. things. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. To like be more of who I am. And like, so I don't know. Like, well, that's what this podcast has t- done too. Like it's yeah. almost, it's almost forced a certain level of honesty out of me to where like I can go do all those things because I'm being the most honest about myself that I've ever been. I'm not afraid anymore. You know, it's, it's funny how like we, we keep a lot of stuff in because we're afraid of judgment from other people. But then once you finally let a bunch of that stuff out, and where you're actually really more open for judgment, you actually feel less insecure. Well, and that's what... It's almost like facing the fear. Yeah, and that's an interesting thing, uh, because, you know, I I teach now, and, uh, like, I kind of... One one method or one tool I kind of go about with, I, I try to create a workspace for my students, my kids, where, you know, it's an art and design class, but it's really... I view it as, like, a philosophy class, so... I try to create this vulnerable space for them. And I think, you know, we ask a lot of people, like in artists and music and in anything, we ask people to be very vulnerable, but then we don't give them that like safety net to support them sometimes when they are. And all we want to do is like rip the fuck people apart and be assholes and be snotty and troll on people. But it's like, dude, all everybody's trying to do is just make sense of all of this. Yeah. And like, I appreciated, like, I've been listening to your stuff. Again, you're, you're in my, my list of the many things nice. I listen to and, you know, I'm in the car or I'll be like walking. I walk my dogs like an hour and a half a day. And like, I just tune into these voices of reason. And I, I view it like this to me is like another kind of almost a level. I don't mean to be cheesy about this, but almost a level oh, of please, enlightenment. Get, get no, it's like a cheese. level of enlightenment for you and I as individuals, for like people listening. And like, I want to laugh. I want to cry. And like, that's how I, I, I literally like this has become like my new soundtrack. Sure, and it takes it's because we typically, and I, we, I talk about this all the time, but how you you don't usually have the time to sit down and have like an hour long conversation about life in general. You know, if you're out at an event, you're yeah. talking about the event, what's going on. It's, yeah. it's, it's really short. So in that in that amount of time, you you do find out a lot about yourself. You know, and then finding those nuggets in other things it's like kind of beautiful where yeah. you it's it's almost like, hey, fuck, we're all the same. We're all kind of going through the same shit. Yeah. Maybe we don't have to pretend we're all that different anymore. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, that that's the biggest part of it, I think. And like for me, I think like the biggest part of like my continuing evolution to be the best caveman I could be. Sure. You know, like sure. best Neanderthal. And at the same time, man. you know, if if somebody in fucking Iowa hears that somebody's doing their thing and pushing their own shit and really real. working to yep. support themselves, it could just give one person that one little bit of incentive like, fuck it, I could try. But, you know, you know but I'm sure you get this. Like, I don't get it as much as I used to, you know, because I think some of my career has changed a bit, which is I'm cool with, you know. But, you know, I get email or fan mail here and there. And, like, I always... I don't always love the ones where, like, someone's, like, at a show and wants to get in touch. I love the ones where, like, hey, I'm from Berlin. Or, hey, I'm from Iowa. Or wherever. And you're very just like, how the fuck did you hear about me? Like, literally. Like, I'm constantly, like, humbled by that. And, like, a kid will be like, oh, well, I have a really cool art teacher. And we're doing an art project. And they wrote a list of artists. And I thought you were really... And, like, you create these weird relationships with these, like, young people. Hence, like, me teaching and being in that role. It's like... 
the kids that love you and care about you and the people you can inspire, you could really inspire the shit out of. And then we know the rest of the world, right? Sure. going to do their non-art, non-enlightened kind of bullshit existence. Sure. And it's funny, like, there's some weird connection between creative types and that connection to young people. Mm-hmm. Like, there they're keeps mm-hmm. that, that strange one foot in childhood still, like, where things are just okay and you just make things for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's something in that where even as we get older and even, you know, more mature, like, I'm going to bed at, like, 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> for real, dude. We still have this weird connection to the youth culture somehow. We're still sort of... Somewhat right. Different. And maybe... You don't have any babies, right? Hell no. Yeah, I don't have any babies. I have two, either, I have two so. dogs for the record. Dogs <laughs> yeah. don't have to go to college. Yeah. And when dogs die, you're like, oh, it's dead. I love that thing, but let's go get another one from the pound. <laughs> Where babies, yeah. it's a little hard to. There's, I don't know if there's like a baby trading system. Yeah. I, I mean, think it works. Well, I guess maybe that's, on the black market. I guess that's what fostering kids are, which is something I'd like to do, actually. That actually, that's actually something yeah. I've thought about as well, because I don't know if I'm going to make the babies, but yeah, maybe when I'm old and need yeah. somebody to sort of change my diaper for me, Aww. when we go back into, diaper you know, to infancy, diaper. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, know. yeah, totally. The, it's the such cradle a, strange, cradle. a strange dichotomy of, I love it. you know, life and death actually being the same thing, yep. or, Absolutely. you know, birth and death actually Absolutely. being the same thing. But that's... Like the connection between them are so similar. I mean, not to totally segue into like what I do but that's like what my art's all about you know it's all about life and death and I think to me that's the art I always like resonate with okay sorry we're back now battery issue do you know where we cut out or should well you'll piece it uh well we were talking about life and death and art I think what I wanted to get into was sort of all right you're an artist you make things you're teaching right now but um we wanted to talk about some art stuff so let's let's start from the beginning like (laughs) Well, where did you grow up at? Um, I was born in New York. Um, grew up, you know, I was, you know, grew up as a, a young kid in New York. And uh, I was a pretty sickly kid. Like, I guess a lot of kids were sickly. Like, for mm-hmm. some reason when I grew up, especially city kids, like bad, horrible asthma. So we moved to Florida. Um, and so I mainly grew up, like, after the age of five in Florida. Went to college uh, in Florida as well, University of Florida. And after school, I knew I needed to get the fuck out of Florida. Like, trust me, like, Florida's a ward on the East Coast. Like, yeah. you do not want to be in Florida. <laughs> Florida's horrible in a, lot of, in a lot of ways. But... Word up, Florida. Word up, Florida! <laughs> no, but here's my shout to Florida, though. However, like, um, Miami's, like, culture and art scene has really developed, obviously, with the whole Art Basel thing. And I was very lucky to go there a couple years ago with, like, this whole Scion thing. Um, so I got to see like the city I kind of grew up in, like mature in a different way. So I, I moved to New York after, uh, college, um, was there for a couple years and I just, you know, I, basically my, my evolution of like, I always did art. I mean, I applied to art school all that shit. Like you know, a lot of us did like AP art and all that crap. Right. Um, I mean, I have a very traditional drawing background and like most of us in some capacity do. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just never understood that. I never, in high school, for example, like, you know, I loved, you know, like music and skateboarding and all the stuff. We all, sure, it's synonymous with our uh-huh. article, like hip hop generation, alternative generation culture. Um, but I never knew that people actually made that stuff. Like, I never really ever for one second ever fucking clicked to me. Like, oh, there's like a dude like me or you that <laughs> yeah. sits and draws and paints and puts it in a computer. Like, I didn't understand any yeah, of that. Sure. Like, I didn't understand that until my 20s. Yeah. Like, literally, like, at, when I was in New York, I, I was working at, like, a, 
basically like a small ad agency, like a boutique kind of thing. And I was an assistant and I was cleaning out a closet, literally, and a book opened and it was like an illustration annual and a design annual, like American Illustrators or Communication. So one of those like, yeah. industry things. And like I was just like, on the head. no, it literally <laughs> was like my Newton yeah, moment. Yeah. It was like my, my, you know, my caveman evolution. Yeah, like, sure. and it opened and I looked and I'm like, what the fuck is that? And I recognized like, oh, that was like a government mule record cover or something. And like, and I literally just started flipping through these books that I had to throw out. And uh, I straight up just started emailing illustrators and designers. And because I had already like, I was very like my most formal art love was uh, like Robert Rauschenberg, like in high school. And like, I, I think we all in our different points in our career are trying to emulate slash rip off, you know, something. And um, I don't know if it's even... I try to be very transparent about that. Well, here's Even, something on that on that note, real quick. Yeah. It's really important, I think, to implant here is that in terms of making things, you're self-taught, right? It's like you didn't go to art school; you went to a university to get a degree. I got a degree in English, job, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I had no art training. It's so, like formal art training. At some point, I, I realized that there's like we'll see people who are biting something, and then we'll see people who are learning from what they're doing. So if if you have, and it's like how you said you had no idea how these things were made until this book hit you on the head. At the same time, and I was twenty five. You don't know how to make these things until you start practicing. And to practice, you kind of have to look and see what's being made around you. Now, for kids that go to art school, you see a lot of kids come out of school and they look exactly like their teachers work. The work that they make looks exactly like their teachers. And I say it all the time, like. I could look at, at art center students and pick out exactly who their teachers are. And, you know, yeah. and what's and not to say that there's something necessarily bad about that, but it, it almost comes from like, how can you know what the fuck you never knew? So you got to learn. Like, not everybody is this like natural, gifted, like, well, blessed with this, this perfect ability okay. to make things. You got to practice and learn. Well, you know, I, I'm happy you even brought that up because, like, this is almost my one way of me saying thank you. It's like, I remember when I came out here, I was doing very different work before I got here. A lot of, I always use a lot of fucked up materials, a lot of found stuff in my work, a lot of texture. I, my, my stuff is very, like, sensory, like, rough, what have you. Like, whether I did it, you know, whether I did it on the computer or did it by hand, I always had this kind of edge, I think, to my work. And I was very, you know, I think our shared very inf early influence was definitely like, you know, mission school of stuff. I mean, I, I know because we talked about it at length. Yeah, I sure. mean, like my obsession with like people like Barry McGee in the beginning, you know, was amazing. And I remember like even in my formal training, learning how to do shit, like I hung out with you and you, I was at the studio you had downtown and like, I was like, dude, could you show me the paintbrushes you use? Hey, like, can you show me this ink you use? And like. There's a part of me that felt like I never I'm trying to think how to put this without, I don't even know how it comes off. So I'm just going to say it like <laughs> I, since I didn't have that training and since even internet was almost in its infancy at yeah, that baby. age, like people see all this, the whole juxtaposed fecal face, all this now, like it wasn't where it was when we were coming up. It just wasn't so, like San Diego. I mean, it had its first wave with like Shepard before I got here and, and I don't really know those dudes, but like, I think we were the second kind of thing here and like. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I knew I knew how to make art and I knew I was <laughs> yeah. an emotional guy and I knew I wanted to connect and that was my lifeblood. But 
I remember you just sitting and helping me. And like, I remember, and like my other like best homie in this is like Tim McCormick. And like, that guy's just a shredder of a Which painter. We, I've been trying to get Tim on the show, that motherfucker. Yeah, well. It's going to uh, happen. It'll happen. He, he's doing some very different stuff now, which yeah, is Yeah, I'm excited to talk to him. But, you know, I think what I kind of did, I, I, I try to seek out people who I admired and who can help me and didn't think I was trying to rip them off. And, sure. you know, and if anything I did was derivative, all I could do is apologize at this point or apologize but, to But them. it's that same thing. You know? Like I said, it's like, how can you know what the fuck you never knew? Like, I use that, that's my, the perfect but, line. But, but, or, but that's the thing. Like, I come from sports, too. So I'm like kind of a jockey art dude. And, and even that I've learned to accept in my evolution mm-hmm. as a human being. Yeah, and I as, come from that same... Yeah, no, totally. I think too. that's why, like, we relate. And so... I remember like when I got my paintbrushes and all the thin things and I got the right ink I was going to use <laughs> in this, I like literally like start, I would cry. Like seriously, dude. Like, like in my old. connected, right? No, no. It wasn't because of connection because I'm like, I can't do this. This is hard. Like this, because I was doing everything. I had really good pencil skills and I had good, all that kind of skill, but I know I didn't really have any painting background mm-hmm. at all. And so learning how to control this ink and these like sinewy lines and pull this shit that I wanted to pull, I saw how it was done. I saw how you'd, how you'd work. And I just kind of started realizing like, I literally, I remember my sister was at my apartment at the time and she's watching me try to do this. And I'm just like sitting here, like, like riding, like, I can't, like, why can't I just use like paint pens? Why can't I just draw everything and fill it in? And I don't know, she was compassionate, but I also kind of realized like people like Tim always kind of said to me, he's like, you're either going to like be a shredder or you're not. So either be a shredder and learn how the fuck to do this or don't be a shredder and don't learn how to do this and keep drawing. And that's cool. But like, it kind of sucks. Yeah. And like, you need homies to keep you in check and just be like, no, that's cool what you do, but you either get better in this game or you don't. And like, but what, but you don't see though, you know, and it's so funny, like that same thing. Um, I just had a film come out and yeah. my mom is in the film and when I was a kid my mom she would draw things and it would look exactly like what the thing was yeah. and I would try to draw like her and I couldn't do it and it was unbelievably frustrating so while you see me with like this perfect ink and these nice brushes what you don't see is the five years prior to that of like this like soul search for the perfect mixture of ink yeah. and paint to to apply onto the brush, like literally like searching, like finding this perfect mixture of things and this perfect yeah. mixture of stuff and all the terrible things that were made prior to that where I was like, Oh, we still but, make terrible things. Oh, I do too. I, yeah. I hope, I hope. But luckily the, 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 the beauty in it is that we don't realize it's terrible until we've made all those good things well, afterwards to yeah. compare it to. Right. Well, yeah. And, and, and to even like pay umbrage to anybody who came before me or took the time to help me, um, like, I just, um, I, I can't even express how, like, I don't know, just, like, super appreciative I, yeah. I am to that. And and, 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 I, and to, like, literally, like, I understand what it's like now at that, I'm this point in, like, making skills in, like, whether it's on the computer or, like, with wood or whatever. I can make a lot of cool different shit now. But, like, I understand as a, like, when you're developing you people don't always want to give away their talents and their skills and their stuff. And I've had that recently with friends who like, I thought I was good. And I'm like, Oh, Hey, how did you go about? And they get very protective. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not trying to gank this from you to do it better than you, but I kind of am, but I'm not trying to gank it to you to take it away from you. Just like talk me. I'm, I'm a, I love this art thing. Like yeah. I want to know how people make shit like <laughs> yeah. and people, but I never understood that why people were so guarded. 
And I guess maybe for me, it kind of comes from like punk rock or hip hop or skateboarding or any of or f- any of that. Like, show me the technique so we can get better as yeah. like a, individuals. As part a of that, I would say part of that, I would say that stems from greed. One. From from the get go, that stems yeah. from greed. Yeah. Two, it's kind of the nature of things in this like sort of capitalistic society that we live in. So think of like the way that that the market, like just say like the clothing market works. <laughs> so people go and wholesale stuff for half the amount of price, yeah. go put it in a store and sell it to us for twice as much. Yeah. So because well, they have six some, times as much probably. So because they have but, some insider yeah. information about how to go about grabbing some things and have a couple licenses. They could turn around and sell something for twice as much. Yeah. So that within that system, because they have a little insider secret, they know something that you don't know, they're able to make a profit off of you. But now it's it's different in art, right? Yeah. Well, so I don't know how different it is. But it may come from that same thing. So like yeah. if I give you if I give away my secrets to you, you're gonna go buy stuff for wholesale and I'm not gonna make a profit off of you. Now in terms of like creating things, there's obviously a different thing. It's like if manufacturers were talking about their trade secrets, yeah, like yeah. Uh, like Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, secret, <laughs> secret recipes, spices, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like for me, I've always been one to share because for me, the reward in doing this is doing the thing. It's not getting paid. It's totally. not the fucking totally. uh, recognition you get on the street, although that's part of it in the background. But it's not. It's not about that initially. It's about making the thing and the rewards you get from that. Yeah. So, like, if I could share that with people yeah. and allow other people to get those same rewards, then by all means, I'll do it. I have no but, problem with and, sharing. Right. And even with that, it's like, and I, I mean this, like, not as a, you know, I'm not trying to blow too much smoke, but you, your evolution has been pretty amazing. It's like, if you guys hear that, my dog's yawning, <laughs> one of my big dogs is yawning in the background. But your, your evolution as an artist has been interesting to me. And, like, I think all of ours, I mean, like, we could all say we were derivative of something. And I think you really created your own voice in what you do. And one thing I, I'd say about you where I don't have the same, um, you know, our art's not about the same thing necessarily. And we don't come from the same background, but like, I think one thing we do share in common and the artist I like share in common, it's a very workmanlike way to go about it. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to sit down and do this like me differently. And I, I don't know how you work, but I'm a bursty artist. Like, I don't sit down every day and work. I, I can't. That's not for me. And I've did years and years in that in that garage. Yeah, like years, yeah. like five, six years in a row of eight to ten hours a day. And I just, I have evolved into a different sort of worker. And I work in bursts amazingly. And I, I find like I'll burst for like a month or two months or three weeks and then might not make shit for two or three months. But the whole time I'm like reading and looking and all right what's this next yeah. thing like this show i'm doing now it totally evolved that way well that's what's that's what's so great about being an artist too is even when you're not doing work you're, you're still doing the work <laughs> totally. and a lot of people you know a lot of people who are working like nine to five jobs aren't doing yeah. that totally you know that's not a part yeah. of their not to say that there's anything wrong with that but the, that's not a part of their their process so well, you know yeah but you know everyone's learning and doing trying to improve i'm sure well for me so, it's yeah. like i worked the nine to five job upon starting teaching three years ago well this is my fourth year and uh i did the nine to five job and was an artist and was a designer and did all that shit and like it just hit a, a point where it's i'm draining. like it's it was draining to the point of like i 
I started drinking a lot again. I started like smoking too much pot again. I started getting heavier again. That's not possible, just so you know. It's not smoking possible. Smoking too much pot? Oh, I, word, word, word. Drinking no, too much? Possible. Well, sure. I think <laughs> my evolution is I, you know, all of you are here in this. We're in San Diego and we're in the middle of the biggest pot mecca. The biggest pot and craft beer mecca, I, I would say, that I've agree. ever been around. And it's actually. Part of the beer culture here is what's kept me here, to be honest with you. Like, well, because here's my point. When I moved here from New York, um, you know, after I was in New York for a few years and I guess we jumped after this and I came out to California, San Diego, to start like a little boutique design company with one of my friends. And uh, I was, we were lacking a lot here. Like restaurant culture kind of sucked. Like people could say whatever they want. Oh, there were good places. It's not like it is now. And the availability of local good food is amazing. Like I'm a big proponent of like locally sourced things. Like that's changed part of my life. Particularly in this area, oh, in the North Park area of San Diego weird. too. And and I understand that that comes from a sort of like um, location privilege. And I, I'm very aware of like the political parts of this. However, um, like a project I'm doing with my students is all food related this semester. And I looked at all of their zip codes and I have a very, very diverse group, like richly diverse group of students there are farmer's markets everywhere where they all live. And that's beautiful to me. And kids I wouldn't expect due to either their temperament or maybe my bias of where their backgrounds are, <laughs> right, right? To be right. honest. Yeah, like, sure. They're like, no, no, we go every week and we get like dandelion greens and we get this. And you're like, that's awesome. Like I just got smacked in the face by my kids, like helping me understand them a little. And like no matter what culture they come from, like I don't care if they're like, you know, a bunch of like poor Mexican kids, like they're much more resourceful than we are. Yeah, and there's sure. something beautiful about that. Sure. Like, so that well, you could see that in in Latino communities absolutely. in San Diego, the absolutely. the connection still to to um, agriculture, absolutely. you know, to eating the right foods. Like, if you get any Mexican like food place you go into in the barrio, you're gonna be mm-hmm. able to get fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. You know, and it, it's that's interesting to me because you know, and this could you know become a whole other podcast, but you know, I, I've very much changed like the way I eat. And the way I exercise and the way I view happiness. And well, so it's let, all kind of connected, you know? Did, did the diet change come out of starting to train? Because you just recently started training at Undefeated. Undisputed. Undisputed, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did well, that on purpose. I, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Good, good, good. Don't. I get nervous sometimes when I have my Nogara gym <laughs> shirt on and walk by it. Like I puff up, I get do like you, I puff my chest a little bit. No, <laughs> oh, I don't but take you as that at all, dude. No, like, there is still that, like, a little bit of like, ooh, I got the wrong colors. Well, on. yeah, it's interesting because when I was training yesterday, like some of the like the real fighters there. I mean, I'm not a mixed martial. Yeah, fighter I'm not a fighter at all. I'm not. I would never. I'd say it's like I would never call myself a surfer, but I surf. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's things I, I think are rude to claim if you're yeah, not that, right? Yeah. You know, it's like what I claim jujitsu, man. I, I fucking play jujitsu. Well, yeah, now. yeah, you play jujitsu. Yeah. So my my thing that I, I train is it's combat and conditioning. Um, it's basically like a well, I'll talk about the food and everything, but uh, it's it's a kind of a street combat approach to survival. Um, it's trained uh, the Zoran, who is our our trainer. Um, Did you say the Zoran? <laughs> no, it could be the Zoran, but I treat him as such. He is. A badass motherfucker. <laughs> He's a, a Delta Force trained, like Krav Maga. Like, yeah, Krav Maga is the like, shit. And that's, I've had a little training in that. Uh-huh. Um, so I, there's something about this. It, it's survival technique. So yeah. for those of you who are, who are listening, it's basically like you have about four to ten seconds to strike and get the fuck out of there. This is not about hurting people. This is not, this is about kind of hurting, stunning, and possibly submitting a person so you don't die. 
Yeah. And I don't mean to sound tough about it because that's not the reasons I'm doing it. I, I, I'm doing this for like a, an adrenaline rush, a, a way to get exercise. Um, I mean, I'm a, I used to do powerlifting. I played football. I've done all this kind but of stuff. Let me stuff. ask you this. Have yeah. you ever exerted that much of that amount of energy in any other yeah. aspect? In football. Yeah. In football, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I played in a very competitive school. I was, you know, I could have played some co- small schools in college. So I was a good football player. And so just when you train, like in football, we would go like four, four hours a day, two-day practices, hitting the fuck out of sleds. And yeah. I have that in me. And I my thing is, I think I was craving that for years. And so I guess to talk about, like, I the diet change is, uh, you know, I ate like most people eat and I you know, like a normal, whatever American diet. And a while ago, my, my younger brother who, who I love, he's a photographer. His name's Adam Krause. He's, I mean, I amazing, amazing guy. Um, he kind of started turning me on to like paleo nutrition and like primal eating. And I started just doing my research. I started listening to stuff and I noticed, um, I started, I even have friends who are like scientists and biologists and stuff. And I just started asking them and it's very interesting. Like I, when I really learned the science and also like the health benefits of like, uh, especially this guy, Mark, uh, I forget his last name, Mark Sisson, Mark's Daily Apple, um, this primal way of eating. So I really started cutting all my grains out, most of my dairy out, most of my beans out, um, and really eating a really stripped down diet of like protein, vegetables, and good fat. And uh, not only did I lean down, I wasn't ever like fat, you know, but I definitely like I today I'm at the lightest I've been. I'm at like 220 today. And I haven't been this in, I, I don't even know. I mean, one time I got sick, like, and I got down to 212. But, right. like, for instance, last year this time, I was about, like, 235. And I was lifting real, I mean, I was bench pressing, like, over 300. And I was just, like, a kind of gym rat and cardio and all that shit. And, like, part of this primal way of life is, like, happiness. And I walk with my dogs for an hour and a half, and that's my exercise for the day. Well, if you think about it, the foods that we eat, the bad foods that we eat, actually cause us oh. suffering. It but causes suffering in our entire system. We like live our body in a, feels bad, then our mind feels bad. Exactly. And we live... And look, I'm not... And for anybody who, who's listening, I mean, I'm sure my diet could get ripped apart by a lot of people. I'm not trying to push it on anybody. Sure, right. But my thing is there are direct causal leads um, of sugar and grain in diabetes, heart disease, and everything else. And a lot of it is a very, coming from punk, it's a very political thing. It's like Food Pyramid was not created by scientists and by <laughs> rational human beings. It was created by lobby groups. Yeah. And so if they're trying to seriously put fucking grain and sugar into everything, and then this whole fat craze that happened, and this is something I'm super adamant about. In the 70s, they started pulling the fat out of things. Yeah. And people started getting a lot fucking heavier. We need fat. We are animals. And like... Sure, we don't need. There's certain fats like that are horrible for us, but well, like we just sat- need fish fat. We need really, okay. We it. need fish fat. We need avocado fat. We right, need yeah. lean meat fat. We don't need oil fat. We don't yeah. need like seriously all the corn that is like <laughs> yeah. in our culture. All the feed. So you think about all the feed that goes into animals and products is disgusting. Yeah, right. So and our pets need the same thing. A lot of people don't realize. I'm not there yet with the pets because I'm I'm it's trying to raw with the well, pets. No, I feel you, but I'm saying like. Look, I also don't have the cash to eat everything grass-fed, okay? And sure, I'm sure. honest about that. I don't have the money to do yeah, everything We talked about organic. farmer markets. Farmer markets so, are tough to go shop at. Right? So I kind of like try to get my the biggest nut I can for the buck. Sure. And sure, I go to farmer's market, but I also go to Costco. And sure, I go to my local market to support my local people, but I also have to go to like Fresh and Easy. And that's just... 
There's a balance. You have to... I don't know. I've gone crazy with stuff, but now I've learned a point where, like, I kind of follow, like, an 80-20 rule where it's, like, 80-90% of the time, I'm going to eat pretty fucking clean, eat salads, eat some eggs, eat some bacon, eat some, like, good, high-fat, protein-y, veggie stuff. And then, yeah, I'll have pizza once a week. And then, yeah, yeah, let's go get a burrito because burritos are fucking awesome. And and gelato from Gelato Vero is bomb. You know, so it's, like, (laughs) don't assault yourself, right? Like, part of life... And then get the fuck outside. Get out of the gym and get the fuck outside and walk people and stand and stop sitting on your ass. And like the the happiness that comes from – I know it might said it maybe in an aggressive way. <laughs> get the fuck up on Get out the fuck out. No, but I, I mean it. It's like the happiness I've had from just getting off my ass. But people don't realize how much in the, the sun, sun dude. You. It's all vitamin D. Like I, even, I, talk about dude, all I even teach a class after school with kids. Um, it's, I call it vitamin D. And it's two days a week. We go have fun outside. And sure, some days we do the push-ups and planks and sit-ups and blah and the lifts. And then most of the time we just walk up hills. And then now I have a bunch of like frisbees and baseballs. And we just yeah. – I don't care. Just stand and throw something around. Talk. <laughs> yeah. Put yourself up on a jungle gym. Try to slam a basket. Just be the fuck outside for 35, 40 minutes and move. Yeah. And they've showed like the ten thousand steps a day. Like if you just move, you will stay lean and long and well, happy. Get this. I, so from sorry somebody to, who you know spends a lot of time me, sitting down working too. on paintings, yep. you know, inside by myself, I I can now very clearly see the difference in my uh, sort of mental behaviors in days that I let's say. Like, a lot of days I'll sit and spend six hours just staring at the computer, working on yeah. blogs, yeah. website stuff, just prepping emails and the whole routine. Yeah. And by the end of that day, I will have felt miserable. <clears throat> It'll feel like the day had been 12 hours long. I'll be extremely bored, mm-hmm. really restless, and uh, really almost discontent, like a, a sense of discontent. Well, you're not engaged, right? So but then like- even if I'm... Just out driving around, yeah. doing running errands outside in the sun, you know, jumping out of the car, doing yeah. something, getting back in the car, totally. running around. The day goes by, it feels like it's only been an hour, and I don't necessarily feel like happy about it, but I definitely don't feel sad about it. Like there's a, a there's a balanced feeling. Well, to all pa- of that. the passing of time is a, for me at least, is a really scary idea. And and not to get all deep and shit, but like I'm I'm pretty death obsessed, <laughs> and it, it's a constant unfortunate thought in my head all the time. Um, it doesn't freak me out all the time. Sometimes Duka. it does. Yeah, but you, but it, it, it hits this point where like it's gonna pass no matter whether you like it the fuck or not. So do maybe, you want to know a little trick for that? Sure. Just please, please, please. Well, because. I'm I've always talking, looking for guidance. So, I've been talking yeah. with Crystal a lot about this. And like what I was talking about earlier, as artists, we have these moments where we sit and just play things in our head. So we can go back to, you know, 10 years ago and play a scenario over in our head, this little YouTube movie in our, in our brain. Mm-hmm. One, our vision of the past is pretty clouded. Like we mm-hmm. think we have good views of it, but, but really we don't. So what I've been working on, and I have a tendency to do the same things. Like I'll start replaying something in my head. It'll cause a level of suffering. You know, you'll start. It creates a loop. Yeah. yeah and yeah, you'll even start real. creating futures that don't oh, even exist. Dude. Right. So if then scenarios. I, yeah. As soon as I notice that, that movie just starting to play in my head, no matter what it is, whether it be positive, negative or any of that. I take reference of where I'm at and what I'm doing. So, like, if I'm sitting, I'll, I'll like, try to feel my ass. 
Like, mm. my ass is on this cushion seat. And yeah. as I do that, it literally snaps you out of that movie. You know, so it's like that. It's like that idea of uh, of a Buddhist coming to the breath well, as I, like a reference, but just like a physical touch yeah. or like a look. You know, like a color. Sometimes I'll do that one. I'll pick something that's a color, and you know, as artists, we try to sort of pick out like what makes a color yeah. a color. Yeah, you try to figure out well, why does it get dark there and light there, yeah. and what what's happening? That trippiness. If I do that, it brings my mind back to the present moment. Well, you know. That's refreshing because I, I do similar things, or, or I try to. Um, mine yeah, are, and I try. It's mine, not, not that I always that that always works. Mine are unfortunately also. I, I have a lot of, I think, unresolved anger in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think sure. That's what all that stuff resides. Right. From. So mm-hmm. I, there's times where I'll be thinking about stuff, and I'll literally, and this is embarrassing, but I don't give a fuck. I, I'll like slap myself. I'll literally, or like just yeah. give myself a punch, yeah. or a, and just. That physical, like I can manifest yeah. physical pain a lot better than I can emotional pain. Uh-huh. So, for instance, like training has been helpful. Sorry, my phone's beeping off in the corner. <laughs> but, uh, like, that emotional pain, like, is a lot harder to deal with to me than the physical pain. So, like, if I'm training, for instance, like, so, so, right, there's been this diet change, for example. And then I started, I've been lifting for years and playing tennis and all these sports. But now that I'm doing this training, it's a different kind of, um, a different kind of beauty and a different kind of, like, exhaustion. And, um, I don't care how hard I get pushed there because that's fine for me. It's, I find it resolving a lot of things and conundrums in my life. It's, I'm finding myself all of this exertion of people being, when we act like the animals we really are, (laughs) and then we could put that in context and leave it at a gym. Some of those dudes that I've trained with and I've met are some of the kindest, nicest people. They look like fucking brawlers and they're not necessarily people I want to like be best buddies with but like there's a a look and an understanding a nod where it's like you know what it's like to come in here and fucking go for an hour and a half with a dude laying on top of you yeah there's a different kind of relationship that people who do that kind of activity get yeah sure a brotherhood almost right absolutely and so i get very and sisterhood absolutely no absolutely and i train like where i train it's a truly beautifully like mixed class there's like men women like different ages and it's it's really nice um you don't do any of the jujitsu over there there's i i haven't signed up to be honest like one of the uh, best jujitsu coaches in san diego Herman is uh, uh what's did you know his name oh fuck uh, oh it's all well i do know his name it's just uh barrett yoshida okay yeah 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 but i think for me like to be honest like i, I signed up for that you know signing up for this thing and it just to sign up for the mega packages were just expensive and i yeah, i said to myself yeah. here's what i need to get out of it right now and so for a year, I'm just training for, on the weekends and, like, one day a week. And honestly, like, three and a half hours a week for me is plenty. Like, yeah. and uh, it gets, it does what I, I, well, I think you, my neck, but I'm learning such techniques. I mean, you we talked did, about you know, um, how it changes your sort of perspective on it once you go outside of that gym or, like, changes your mindset. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that, and you're saying, get outside, go. A lot of our stresses are built up energies that we haven't released. So Absolutely. if it Absolutely. actually it takes physical energy to get frustrated, it takes physical energy to get sad, it takes it takes physical energy to get happy. So when you go and expend all the energy that you actually have to utilize, yep. you leave there and you're balanced because it's not like you're like super happy, you're not super sad. You, you're just, you're, you're uh, exactly how you're supposed to be, and really, and then you go rest. And the secondary part of those exercises is the type of rest you get from your body needing to yeah. heal 
And if you don't ever get that, you just build well, up fat it's, and pain. It's totally. And it's interesting. Like, all of that is even, like, really, like, scientifically, like, linked to cortisol. And so the reason a lot of people are heavy in our culture is not because they're not eating okay. It's not because they're not getting outside. It's this, like, stress. It's an adrenaline thing. So if those things aren't being placed, and truly, if you're not resting, if your body isn't sleeping, like, I had kind of a rougher week last week. Like, emotionally, I was a little, I was like, oh, this is because I have a show coming up in a couple weeks. Oh, this is because um, work is getting hectic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is because, like, my girl's pissing me off. No, 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 it's not those things. What it's those things, what I realized was, like, wow, I usually sleep about seven and a half hours a night. I was sleeping five and I was pushing my body hard. And honestly, I was like, had no energy and I was cranky and I was moody and I literally wanted to punch shit. Yeah. yeah. And well, sleep is our therapist. Know, absolutely. We Dude, go to sleep, we get only, therapy at night. But not only uh-huh. is it, yeah, but like I crave it to a point of sleep solves all of my problems. It like it solves a, a lot of them. Like, That's what I, dreams are. I literally, between walking and sleeping... I wake up with better resolve. I wake up understanding my conundrum. I literally, I cannot explain to you over the years, not just recently. I'll go to sleep even with my paintings or my work in my room or my computer if I'm designing and I wake up and look at stuff. Or like when I get up in the morning, I'm like, oh, I just have to cover that shit the fuck up. Like, oh, that's fine. I got it. I got it. Boom, boom, boom. And often in life, I find myself... I could get more done in 15 to 20 minutes or an hour than sometimes in a week. <laughs> yeah. And it's that, oh, I slept and I meditated on it. And I don't mean to sound cheesy, but I, I mean it as a like, it is, like you were saying, it's a therapy. It it creates, like I figured out this show that I'm doing that way. And I, I, I crave Working it. Working like, in the gym does the same thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a definitely a meditative place. Absolutely. Where the mind just shuts down from all of the outside. You're just learning how to react. Right. <laughs> yeah. So when it. you have to learn how to react and anticipate, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and squirm, and you know, even learning technique is such a a brain exercise. So yeah. you might think some of these muscly dudes or these MMA guys or whatever are just a bunch of knuckleheads. The muscle memory and the ability to know how to get out of any fucking thing yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. It's, a lot of times, it's not even about muscle. It's, it's all I, technique. It's never really muscle. Yeah, it's yeah, all like the good guys. You see this all the time. Like a guy will squirm out. It's not even like my favorite part of like the fighting, for example, isn't. I mean, the knockouts are great and fun, sure. but I find people who really love MMA love the submissions, and that to me is where the beauty of the sport is. Is like tactically, I'm going to fucking choke it's you. It's so out. amazing. Like I've it's, been a fight fan since the early Pride days, and. Uh, I thought I knew what was going on. Yeah. And until I've, I've been training jiu-jitsu for six months now, yeah. I have such a greater insight as to what's happening in the ring. Mm-hmm. Even though I, and at the time I was still like enjoying the jiu-jitsu that would happen in fights, I just didn't understand the, the practice of it because I'd never done it. Totally. 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 Golf is boring as fuck until you get out there <laughs> and golf. Most things in life are boring as fuck until you, <laughs> yeah, until yeah. you become until you step into it and and honestly like and as tough or as as well as I knew how to like street fight or anything before anything like this, my understanding of like the body and like how people can really take you the fuck dude. apart like take you apart is like I've been telling people imagine running humbling, into a blue dude. belt on the street and thinking you, you were gonna fight them like some you. skinny blue belt they'll kill you, you. would be ruined kill yeah you. they could kill you. For real. Make you die. And I like having that knowledge. Yeah. And so if there's, I hope to never have to put a hand on anybody. That's that's another ever. one of the bonuses about being in those gyms with those fucking monsters is the the humbleness that you get. Even though I haven't learned, I haven't learned it all the way yet. I mean, like when I'm out in the street, like I've, 
I've jumped out of the car and wanted to attack somebody only because of my own fucking fucked up issues. Well, we all but, want to prove ourselves. We're men. And there, there's a, a biological desire, I think, to prove ourselves. You don't agree? Part of that comes from the suffering of the mind. Of wanting to well, change your environment to be what it is that you want it to be. So, well, like this, the example that I have is in my a road head rage was incident. a road rage situation I had where it's like, and I realized that I was I wasn't even mad at the person. Yeah, I don't even want to get into the whole story, but, but you dude, know, like, check it though. But recently, and by recently I mean maybe a year and a half ago, like when I really sort of had to go get some help for some anger issues, and I went to a therapist and stuff. Like, I was driving with my girlfriend, and someone flicked us off. And we got up, we got up to the stoplight and he saw me coming. He rolled his window up and I started smashing his window out. So, and I almost broke my hand. Yeah. And I understand, obviously, that was the <laughs> right. wrong move to do. Right. But there's a part where like later talking and joking about it with my girlfriend, there was a very impressed part. Like, I'm going to take care of you. But that's, that's not the, it but, always but, has but, <laughs> but homie, but I don't want to get shot. Eggs. But yeah. I don't want to get shot. Yeah. Right. And I actually don't want to hurt that person. Yeah. And all I wanted to do, like, I think I have this feeling of like, there's the way the world should be. And like you don't flick people off when you made the mistake, dude. That's so I'm gonna suffering. fucking rip your That's, fucking. This is this story right here off. is exactly what happened. We were right it, by. We we hit. We this guy stopped at a spot he wasn't supposed to stop. Yeah. We hit. Crystal was driving. No, we, we hit, hit brakes. brakes. Same deal. The dog in we, the backseat flew into. Same the floor. deal. Crystal same deal. looked over. We looked at him. Crystal honked at him. He flipped us off. Yeah. I jumped out of the, the car thing. like a maniac. So, and right, and as guys, like, I think, like, you're right, suffering of the mind. And it's so funny, since that incident, and this is honestly more than a year and a half ago already. Yeah, maybe two years, year and a half, whatever. And, like, I will never react like that again. Because knowing what I know now, I think from training or any of this, I realize, like, that I could get killed. Like, for real. Like, I'm not that big and bad. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. But it was kind of fun. Yeah, and you know, a big part of that is is protecting those eggs, man. Yeah, yeah, for I, real. And that's that's some real like, but you know, caveman shit. Like back to well, maybe maybe it has something to do with that. But there's also that like, well, we're tribal controlling, people controlling our environment. But it's controlling the environment. It's like you broke my the way I'm navigating the world, right? Mm-hmm. You're. It's funny. It's not even the disrespect part to me. It was more of a like. Hey, no, no, no. These aren't the rules we're playing yeah. by. Hey, we all yeah. agree to these rules because we all have a license. And we're all human beings, right? So yeah. be fucking cool. Either. So in whatever situation, <laughs> turn your fucking music down and be nice. Like, right. clean your fucking garbage up. Like, seriously, I don't mean to come off like a fascist. I want people to do what they have to do. But, like, respect other people. Like, you're not the only person in here. And sometimes I think people need to get the fuck smacked down. I, I used to think those along the same lines. Yeah. Now I'm learning that... That state of mind yeah. actually only causes suffering within myself. So none of these other people who th- hear, yeah. they they're not hear, yeah. reading the rule book in my head. <laughs> no, exactly. That's beautiful. They exactly. don't know. Exactly. They can't. They have no idea of what our experience is. And exactly. on the flip side, we have no idea what those people's experiences are either. But that's kind of what I'm saying. Is like I that's where my brain goes. And then I've recently like one of my favorite podcasts is Bill Burr's podcast. He's just probably my, he actually was sitting right by you at that UFC event. He was, he was right behind me. And he's like one of my comedy idols. Yeah. And he said something on his podcast recently where it said something like, yeah, you can't control people. And he said it in this very beautiful, easy way where like, I was like, you know, there is something beautiful. Like there's a part where like, I have to let things go because you know what? I'm an artist on a specific path in this world and I could, I could be a great leader if I choose to be. And I can't get annoyed when, like, students or people on the street or friends 
we don't want to do all this together. I have to be so accepting of that. And I think like my true power of like being the best person I could be once I like, I'm happy you brought that up. was like accepting that of like, yeah. all you could do is be the best person you could be. Like yeah. Morrissey has a, a line, like I'm a big Smith and Morrissey fan. And he's, uh, he has a line like, just do your best and don't worry. Yeah, and I believe seriously. that. Yeah. And one of the biggest things I've learned from Mike Giant, who's been a, <laughs> yeah. a guy on the show a few times, yeah, yeah. is he, he always says, it is what it is. And I always kind of took that as kind of just being cliche. Like when I would hear it, I'd be like, oh, just like just cliche. words people say. Yeah. yeah, but the more I started to think about it, yeah. the more I realized exactly what he was saying. I didn't realize it at first, that like... Everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You know, trying to change yeah. it. And that's not to well, say that you can't try to just create a better place with good intention. But at some point, you just have to realize yes. that everything is exactly how it's supposed to be. Yeah. It might be different tomorrow. It might be different the next day. But right now, is exactly what it's supposed to be. And, and we're lucky. Right. And we're lucky and we're privileged that sure. we, we could even think it that way. You know, but I think it gets to that thing of like, and what we're talking about is, well, how do we change our patterns? And changing patterns in your life is a very hard, disciplining thing to do. So if you do small changes, right? You know, it's like stuff like this. Like, okay, I wanted to eat differently. I wanted to train differently. I'm My art is different now. Like, yeah. things are different. And, like, that is what it is. You got to just take it, like, as I'm doing this new show, it's taking a different direction than what I've been doing the last five years. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, but that's where I am now. Yeah. And I actually am happy making art as opposed to I dread making art. Like, art is such a horrible thing for me to have to do. Yeah. To make sense of myself. Yeah. You know? Sure. Because it, it changes. It changes where yeah. the, the intention again, you know? And it's like, Mike would always say, too, like, just do the work and everything else will come afterwards. Yep. Like, you don't, um, have to, you don't have to worry about the gallery that you're going to be in. You don't have to worry about the review that you're going to get. Not only just not, make the work. Not only not worry about it, like, fuck it. Like, yeah, yeah. like, fuck it to a point of, like... Yeah, like, if you just... I'm at a point where, like, dude, like, when we came up, like, I mean, we were doing, what, two shows a month? Like, I'm doing <laughs> yeah. 20 shows, 10 shows, like, selling anywhere you can. It's like, I'm doing a show this year and a show next year. Yeah. And, like, and this isn't speaking to my success as an artist. This is speaking to, like, this is what works for me as sure. an artist, you know? And, like, I'm at peace with that. And, you know, I think I'm on a, a rebirth of, in my career, like, where I'm going with this and my ideas. But, like it's still going to take time, you know, and it's still going to, you know, have to take years to develop this new language that yeah, I'm trying to develop. Sure. So, and then it'll change again. <laughs> right. When I think I get it, it'll change yeah, again. Sure. And that's what it is. And it's fine. It is what it is. I guess. As yeah, Mike would sure. say, I nice. should meet Mike. He seems nice. Well, let's, um, yeah. let's plug your show that you sure. got coming up and, uh, get people to your website Word. and all that stuff. Um, my website's krausart.com. My last name, Kraus with the word art. We spell it. Uh, K R A U S E. ART.com. Um, I'm doing a show coming up. Um, it opens October 19th. Um, it's with an arts organization in town called Cezio. Um, I believe their site is Cezio.org. S-E-Z-I-O.org. Um, and they have a house uh, called Habitat House. And honestly, it was one of these things. I was looking to do something different. I was looking to do a show. My friend Zach runs this thing. And it's actually kind of like, to be honest with you, like almost like a punk rock show. Um, and for art, I, I have a bigger show that I'm working towards next year at Subtext in October, where Mike showed recently. Um, that's really going to take this vision um, of the new work I'm on to a very different level. But this was kind of the walkthrough. Um, this is actually the first time in years I've done any character work, any figurative based work. Um, yeah, we were talking so, earlier before we, we got together yeah, yeah, about yeah. some of the... Um, the old 70s like airline logos and yeah, like yeah. 
I was I was thinking like that weird connection that you have with uh, there's a with your work. There's like that like folkiness like connected with some sort of like modern like even like the old like sort of robotic nature sort of still comes through in yeah. sort of abstractions now. Yeah, it's not so literal yeah. now, but there's like this mix of like mechanic and organic. Well. Yeah. yeah, dude, that was beautiful. I like how you said that. <laughs> organic and mechanic. Well, I guess like kind of my approach, I, I got, I've always, I think, been a fan of like modernism and like mid-century design and like Swiss influence and stuff like that. Um, as much as I've been a fan of folk movements in any culture. And there's I, something really connected to that time period, the 70s and like the weird design yeah. that came out of that. <laughs> yeah. So I am a kid of this. I was born in 77. Yeah. And, and so... There's something about like the way, well, a big part of like modernism, and I don't mean to sound like teacher guy here, but right, is like, you know, is this creation of a universal style or creation of like, you know, prefabricated things that could be put in like a modular system in your house. So there was this really this theory of like these artists and craftspeople and designers and architects will create these things in the world that'll get into your houses, will be your houses, will be all the things you use, will be. I mean, there were theories of like, we're only using three colors for the rest of humanity. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and things yeah. are only going to be in grid systems like Swiss, uh, harking to Swiss design and such things. And it's really interesting. Like, I think that these systems were to try to put order to the world. And like, there was this naive sense in the 50s of like, oh, we got it all the fuck figured out. <laughs> yeah, sure. And that to me is what's fascinating about that era um, of, you know, even like, uh, you know, I'll talk a little about the airline logos in a minute. But we try to create these like modular, slick, beautiful ways to live this futuristic world we were about to inhabit right it never really the fuck worked and i think california to me is like the greatest example of that and when i mean worked i mean people are people and humanity is humanity and like war is war and all that shit like these things all these systems were created to really stop hunger to stop like humanity from suffering but you have to i think look at the how valid and how strong were movements if those things never really ended up happening right so I think so in my recent work, what I, I did, I found a book of old airplane logos and I've always, you know, I come from like some logo design and stuff and I started scanning the logos in, redrawing them in Illustrator just out of interest. And then I started using the different tools in Illustrator to break all the different parts of the logos apart mm-hmm. and then start making new shapes out of them. And it became kind of obsessive. Yeah. And I started collecting now like Time Life books because they all have these funky logos on the back. And so... The way I want to start working or the way I've been working is I'm re I'm extracting these logos, making totally new forms of these logos. And a lot of them are like religious icons or patterns or abstractions or characters. Some of the pattern work in there is really interesting. And like there's parts that like remind me of like the um, the fabric on the old airplane seats. But that's what it is. Right. But that's like kind of that's part of like my modernist approach. It's like. I'm going to make these things without ever touching them, kind of. Yeah. Like, I'm never going to touch the work. I Even <laughs> yeah. this, I'm not silk screening any of this. I'm having my guy do it. Because <laughs> yeah. he's a better person. But that's part of modernism. Like, if uh-huh. you're going to... I think if you're going to attach yourself to a movement or, like, an idealism of something, it's like, well, that's how this worked. You had designers creating. They handed it off to so-and-so. That craft person did this. So I want to create these little levels of, like, my little factory uh-huh. that work. Don't get me wrong. I'm still doing hand-wrought, hand-done stuff sure, sure. in the show and all my work. But... Yeah, pattern is how I think. I, I'm a patterning maker. I, I am a pattern maker. And um, I think that there could be some beautiful truths that come out of patterns, if that makes any sense. Yeah, Not sure. to sound and I think esoteric. I, 
that that makes sense in terms of what how I always say I, I make the same painting every time. It just looks Absolutely. a little different. It's because Absolutely. I'm following those patterns. That, one thing is is those patterns are also a cause of suffering. Often, what do you mean? When we get into patterns, and then mm, yeah. that's another one of those like right. here's this set of rule books that I have, and that's what's so yeah. nice about being an artist and being able to adapt to a new style or like allow yourself to evolve and change because you don't get connected to that. Yeah, but yeah, I hear that, but I also think like, hmm, because yeah, I heard you were saying like modernism was trying to make sense of a chaotic world that yeah. really is so it's kind of rude to make sense unnatural. of it. Or yeah. not, not unnatural, but uh, not predictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. I, I think that's the thing with anything. That's the thing with like, you know, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I'm a metalhead and I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> anti-religion and, you know, I'm an artist and like a thinker and a jock. And I just, we can only, you know, I, I don't want any systems to control anything in the world. Like, so I believe wholeheartedly in chaos, like absolutely. But just because I believe in chaos and see the world as a chaotic place doesn't mean as a human being, I don't want to make order in my own life. Yeah. It doesn't mean as people, we don't want to make some sort of order, right? Perception so, is fucked sometimes too, because you could look at a at an ant colony and that <laughs> shit could look like chaos. But it's all articulated. Yeah. It's completely articulated it's all, more it's than all any. It's perception. You can go out into outer space and look at Earth and yeah. that shit looks peaceful yeah. as fuck. Yeah, totally. I hope we go to outer space sometime. Let's make some money and go to outer space. Like me and you? It's like half a million dollars to get out to outer space. I'm cool on this ground. You like this ground? Yeah, I'm pretty pretty stoked on it. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, brother. So uh, I think uh, you need to go teach the youth of, of the world. I do. I do, which I actually totally love doing. You know, it's it's interesting even the, the, the teaching part has... You know, one thing we didn't touch on, it's fine. It's like I really, when I took this teaching job, I... I all the galleries I was with, we had breakups, basically. Um, like, basically, every... And I treat my galleries, at least in the past, with these relationships. Like I have some fucked up ex-girlfriend galleries. You know what I'm saying? We all do, right? Yeah. And I've even revisited some of them, like, like coffee and really? talking. Like, it's, call them up and be like, why did this... Oh, happen? I didn't call them up, because I'm, I'm not a man enough to <laughs> Trying that, to figure but, out what well, went wrong with this relationship. Well, they you know make what? a lot of movies about that. They do, I, I hear... <laughs> Um, but with that, you know, it's like, honestly, like, I think all of us, I, I was signed with places and had clauses where I couldn't work at all. I went through yeah, all yeah. that shit. And honestly, I ran the fuck away because it made me miserable. And that's why I started teaching. And by honestly, man, like if I could leave it on this note, like anybody listening to this, like if there's something you love that's fucking killing you, run away for a little bit and find something else to bring you back to it. Like by teaching and pulling myself directly out of showing and galleries I found the art I really wanted to make and the way I wanted to connect to people. And I don't know, man. I hope none of this sounds too cheesy, but like, (laughs) I don't know, man. Like it just, I didn't realize by running the fuck away, I'd get exactly where I wanted to be. Nice. All right, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Fuck yeah. Shit!